Welcome to another episode of Dice Talk. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jerundu. And today we have a very special episode planned for you. We're going to talk all about a brand new tabletop system that's unlike any I've ever played, and it is called Abide Asteria. And to help us talk about that, we actually have uh, the creator, Neil. Neil, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us a little bit about Abide Asteria? Sure. My name's Neil, and um, I created Abide Asteria, and I've also been playing role-playing games for the last 15 or so years. Um, One of the very first role-playing games that I played was the Marvel Saga system, which was a card-based game. And you pretty much just played cards. There were no dice or anything like that. And if you've played the Saga system, you kind of know exactly what I'm talking about. But most people haven't. And um, I think that the big killer for that was it used a proprietary deck of cards, and it also just didn't print very long. So being able to get a hold of that was really a challenge. And um, you couldn't really buy these cards even like a year after release. And now they're extremely expensive. You can't find them anywhere. So it was always kind of a, a mental game with me. How could I turn this into something that used regular cards? And I just kind of took those rules and kept twisting them and bending them for the last decade or so in the back of my head. And finally, because of COVID and a lot of ample free time, I decided to sit down and actually hash it out. And sci-fi is my genre, but I have a lot of people that like to pay uh, fantasy characters and fantasy games. So I tried my best to combine the two and make it a bite hysteria. Yeah. And I was looking through um, the creation guide that you have online, which first of all, for the listeners out there, you're going to learn a lot about Abide Asteria throughout this episode, but you can look Abide Asteria up by going to abideasteria.com and look at all these rules for yourself. You can check out character art. You can check out all the things that we're going to talk about today. So make sure um, you keep that in mind. One of the things that stood out to me immediately is the fact that this system is completely free. Do you intend for it to always be free? Yep. I always intend for it to be free. Um, that's one of the big pushes that I've had. Um, I guess if you really wanted to know what my end goal is, I'd love for the game to be crowdfunded, at least just to break even to pay server costs. Um, But for now, I'm okay with fronting it for a few years even. It's relatively inexpensive to run a website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Looking at this game, see, I've never played any of the Saga games myself. So this was actually the first um, tabletop game I've ever looked at that used cards instead of dice. And it's really, it really is cool. And um, a moment ago, you mentioned that the Saga system used proprietary cards. So is that, is that meaning that they're specific to the Saga system only? Yeah, yep, they were. And um, I think it was something to the effect of maybe like 96 cards. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, it was, it was a large number. It was a pretty large deck. And I remember vividly going and creating this out of index cards um, just so we could have some to play with. But uh, yeah, buying them now is almost impossible. But your system solves that problem because you don't need proprietary cards. Um, in this game, one of the things I've noticed is you just use a normal deck of cards. Yep, you can use a normal deck of cards. Um, I recommend that every player has their own deck, but you can go to the store and pick up a big pack of playing cards for like $10. Yeah, certainly uh, not a difficult thing to get hold of playing cards. I think I've probably got like three or four packs just in a drawer somewhere in my house. Uh, 
So yeah, I think that that's really um, cool that you you know they got it's accessible, completely accessible. You as you say that I'm looking at the rules right now for free, hosted on the website, and the only thing I need to play is a, a, a deck of cards essentially. So um, yeah, why not? You can't argue with the price of free. Um, it's I don't see any bar to just picking it up straight away. Um, everybody knows what a deck of cards is, so it's just a case of what parlaying that into uh, the rule sets that you you've put on, which, as you say, is very and that's even cheaper than buying a free, you know a set of dice. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like a fraction of the price of even buying a set of dice. And um, as we're going to get to in a few minutes, like the innovation, the way that the game works is just so different from anything involving dice. Like it's so. Uh, it's really cool, but you know what? Instead of just talking about how cool it is, let's actually talk about it so the listeners can see how cool it is. First of all, you're not called a DM or a GM. You're called the guide is one of the things I noticed. And I like that. I like that wordage because it's showing like you're with, you're playing with them, not against them. You're not their enemy. You're not running them through some dungeon like it's torturous. Like, why do we call it a dungeon? Like, it is you're there playing them. You're guiding them on some adventure. Um and it's a sci-fi and fantasy fit, uh, mix, which every, some of the listeners probably know. I'm super into that. I run a Eclipse, which is a sci-fi fantasy D&D actual play. Like mixing the sci-fi and fantasy is something that's uh, very attractive to me. Neil, could you tell us uh, quickly, what are some of the like different races that uh, characters can play in this world? Yeah, um, there is no limit to what race you want to be. Uh, I don't have everything written down because it would be astronomical. If you want to play a dwarf, which isn't on the site, um, you can play a dwarf and just tell me what what uh, denomination they come from or like what their culture is. There's three main cultures. The Asterials, which came from a far distant uh, galaxy. And then you have um, the Moiti, which is a combination of Asterial and or Ferine. It's basically any two or more races combined. And ferine are basically the animals from Earth, um, minus humans, which are now asterials. It's very cool. And looking at here, there's some beautiful art that comes with all of these. Um, who designed this art? Are these different artists, or is this all designed by one person? Right now, we only have one artist, and uh, her name is Kanawin. Um, you can find all of her stuff in the About page, and she's got a link, and you can just go onto her site and look at all of her art. Awesome. Yeah, I like this. I'm, I'm just browsing through it, and um, there's you know human, and then Macasterial, which uh, sim- uh, essentially is a space elf, which is pretty awesome. Um, Leafa, which is like Groot <laughs> running around. Um, dragons, you can play as like an actual quadrupedal dragon. It looks like that's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna go through just every one of them, but there's half dog. Um, there's like a cat person, a fox person. There's a rhino person. That's really cool too. Man, if you're listening right now, it's almost like you should have the website in front of you because looking at this, is, yeah, I do like all the pretty art. cool, very much so. Um, yeah, so like I say, I think dog people crucially are underrepresented in um, in uh, role playing games. Everybody loves a, a cat person. Yeah, but no dog people. Come on, like what about Barf from Spaceballs? It's been on the tip of our tongues <laughs> for years. <laughs> yeah, any excuse to play a, a no, dog, but I'm I- I'm a dog person. So uh, in character creation, the race is act. It seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, Neil. It seems like it's more for flavor than anything else. It's just kind of what you imagined, which is why, you, like, like you said, 
you know, if the race isn't listed, just play that character anyways. Um, what would you say is the most impactful thing that comes from choosing a race? What really changes it? Does it change any of the mechanics at all, uh, other than just some flavor? Yeah, it does change a little bit. Um, if you're a smaller race, you're going to find that it's a little bit easier to like hide or run away, um, stow away. If you're a larger race, it's going to be easier for you to lift large objects, um, maybe go through things. Really, it's going to be up to your guide. Um, I give a lot of liberty to your guide at the table. And that's mostly because I'm not there, right? And I can write out a billion rules and really bog everything down, or I can just leave it up to your guide and they can just draw a card and give you a random outcome if if really we can't come to an agreement. It kind of makes sense that if you're a, a giant dragon that you're going to find it difficult to get berths on smaller ships and things like that. Like, uh, Yeah, it makes makes logical sense. And as you say, you can't legislate for everything that anybody might potentially do in a role-playing game. Uh, try as you might. Uh, <laughs> you're always going to be surprised and astounded and in wonderment at your players at, at one point or another. So it's nice to uh, lean into that and have that um, free reign to uh, to adjudicate things as you, you know as you see fit. I think having something as large as a dragon sounds awesome. Like you can, it's really it's, cool. It seems like it would be overpowered, but its size really does limit it. Like you said, like you can't just walk into yeah, this it's... little hallway and go into the main. Uh, area of a ship unless it's like some giant starship mm -hmm. or something and i think like that balance that right there provides the balance the fact that you have to right. deal with the issue of you're just a giant dragon i think that's what you know balances it out and it presents some interesting role play opportunities as well it's like well Greythar the red is stuck in the cargo hold you can't speak to anybody who's really pissed off for like traveling for weeks through deep space you keep shoveling sheep through the door Someone talk to me, I'm lonely. So I don't want to derail you too much, but actually, there I address this. There's a class known as the Dragon class. And as a Dragon class, you can morph into a normal-sized um, other race. Mm -hmm. And you're two races, essentially. But um, it balances out in a different way, which would be your currency is very limited. Um, it's strange how that part works. Does that mean every person that wants to play a dragon class is essentially that idea that they are a dragon that's also been transformed, or are there other ways around that? So you can play a dragon without being a dragon class and be stuck in the cargo bay, like we just discussed. <laughs> um, that's totally an option. The other option is you could play, let's say, as a cat person, and um, but you have given yourself to the dragon culture, and they have bestowed you this morphing spell and instead of going from a dragon class to a smaller race you actually go to a dragon it's very very cool so i feel like and i just want to make sure for our, you know our listeners out there that we're not talking about this assuming they know more about it than they do i think it's best to just start off with you know we've already discussed how the game is card based it's a tabletop game it's fantasy and sci-fi mix we talked a little bit about the races so let's just talk about you know, character creation, what kind of things go into the character so we can talk about how you end up playing the character. At the beginning, it says you need to just first pick a suit from, uh, you know, a suit of cards from the deck. What does that have any sort of impact on your character on the game itself? So the very first step is picking your sign. And a sign just basically means um, what you feel that this character associates best with. 
it's going to affect you in terms of round healing. So every round, the guide's going to draw a card at the top of the round. And if it's your card on suit and your level or under, you will heal one card. That's the main use of it. There are some other uses, like a if you wanted to do a 50-50 shot, you could draw two cards. And if your suit is there, then you win. If your suit is not there, you don't win. Um, there's also, you know, 25% and close to 75%. And we're really rounding, but that's that's how that works. So you just pick one of the four suits, a diamond, a spade, you know, that kind of thing. And then you choose your race, like the ones that we just mentioned, or create your own race if um, if you don't like what's already offered. Though there's a lot of options. It, it seemed like I'd be, I would have to play this game many times before I think I would want to start creating my own races, because there seems like a lot of options. And then you pick a class. Are classes, like in other role-playing games, going to be the biggest impact in the way that your uh, character operates? I would say yes. However, you're not tied down like most role-playing games. Um, you know, you're not going to play like a rogue and only do rogue things. Um, my closest thing to a rogue would be something maybe like a null. And a null is more like who you are. A null would be an illegal person who doesn't have the correct implants to more or less be legal. Um, so they can't interact with the world in the same way that a legal person could, but they get more like stealth skills and things like that. It's really just kind of a bonus to kind of push you in this direction. It doesn't dictate what you do. I like how you gave us a little bit of the lore there. One of the other, th I mean, we're going to get back to character for sure, but one of the things I noticed on the website was you already had some lore written for this entire game. Um, like I said, we've done, a, we've done a couple different tabletop systems on this podcast, and most of the time lore is the part that the authors haven't quite gotten to yet. So I think that's really cool. So I just want to, we're not going to go through all the lore, but I wanted to mention to my listeners Go on there and check it out because there's some lore you can read up as well. And especially if you're going to be the guide for the game, probably be good to get some background. Um, but Neil, what are the main classes that you've come up with so far for this awesome system? So you have the captain who I, I believe would be your support character. He's going to get the most money and he will really support by having a ship for the crew and being able to help outfit the crew. Uh, you're also going to have a crew member which has the most skill points, but they don't get the most money. They also don't have a special class ability. Um, you'll have, like I mentioned before, the Null, a wizard, who would be a magic user. Um, they're really heavily into magic, and you don't need to be a wizard to use magic. It's just a little bit more expensive. You also have the Lone Wolf, which I kind of think is the jack of all trades. As a Lone Wolf, once every day, you can just decide that you want to do something. And you play every card in your hand and take that number. Um, so it's huge class ability, and they have reasonably good stats. Gerundu, we were talking before this, and you said that Lone Wolf is the one that stuck out to you? Yeah, I I like the I, I like the idea that, you know, it's a self-reliant character, and, you know, the jack-of-all-trades out of necessity. Again, I think it's sort of role-play flavor-driven. Um with you know uh, logical uh, mechanical benefits to that um, <laughs> the lone wolf is sort of basically like the one that's most likely to just be like no fuck you I'm going to do what I want to do and that's reflected in yeah well I'm just going to go all or nothing and just play all my uh, play all my cards um, <laughs> which again I think it sort of prompts 
it has a role play prompt sort of built in, um, which I've like. Uh, it makes it easier to get a handle on your character if you've got a, a sort of an idea of what motivates them. If it's just being a self reliant, pig headed dick, then so be it. That's for you to do. Um, no, I don't advocate playing like a complete asshole unless uh, unless it's funny. I like. I think the dragon <laughs> class sounds really cool. I really like that idea. Yeah, I did like that too. of how you're like this super intelligent, super powerful being, and then you can transform into a certain um, different race. Neil, normally, and, and obviously, it seems like with with all the like openness of this game, the guide could probably do whatever they want. But in your in your vision. Do you, do you see the dragon class being restricted to turning back and forth into just one race, or can they just like transform at will to different things? So the way I wrote it was um, you can only go to one race, and the reason would be uh, you're legally you like linked to those two races. So when you when they run you through the database in the in their security whatevers. Uh, it's going to pull up both races and both identities, but as the same person. And that's why the way I wrote it, you can only change to one. And that's how the spell works from the dragons, the the elder dragons. That's pretty cool. And that provides, so I like that that's like based on lore, but it's also kind of, is that a balance mechanic as well? It's balance, yeah. Kind of helps so you're not Has just, you know, turning into anything, like getting through any security. Yeah, the dragon check. of a thousand faces. <laughs> I think I like, so I, I do like the dragon class. Um, I like a wizard because, you know, I'm a huge nerd, so wizards are awesome. Um, but honestly, the null sounds really cool. I think that's like a really cool idea that everyone is connected. Like we have this sort of like chips or barcode or some sort of scanning method, but but the null doesn't. They don't exist. And I think that's really awesome. I think that's really cool because from a role playing side, okay, if you don't exist, then why do you exist? How do the people around you, how are you friends with them? Why do they exist? But you don't, why do they accept you? What, you know, what's the reason you're off the grid? Do people think you're dead or do they just know you never were born? It just seems like there's so many options for like fleshing out a character with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being a sort of, yeah, you could be persona non grata or, you know, you could be any, any kind of, uh, outcast. Um, as again, like I say, just reading these, the summaries on the, on the website, which again, available completely for you to look at for free um they really do sort of spark the imagination i think in in ways that um perhaps other games don't because it gives it it's less enforced into you know strict um micromanagement of stats and so on you've just got you've got sort of prompts and then you can take it in whatever kind of law flavor direction you like uh, which is uh, nice to have that kind of freedom Neil, now that we've, you know, if our now that we're if we're in the process of making a character and we've picked our class, the next thing would be skills. So I noticed there is a, a number of skills. You have magic, melee, ranged weapons, technology, mechanical weapon, piloting, ship crew, streets, and charisma. But then in exploring uh, a couple of these hyperlinks. I noticed that they branch out into larger trees of skills. Could you uh, take a moment to explain that to our listeners for us? Yeah, so the hyperlinks are really just quick links. Um, I try to put quick links on the top of every page, so that way you can just jump down to wherever this is. Um, If, for example, you're looking at ranged weapons, that branches out into pistols, rifles, and throwing. So 
you can just use that hyperlink and jump straight down to it. But everything branches out into um, a more specific thing. So like piloting, you have piloting as a skill, miscellaneous piloting, which would be like driving a car, flying a hover car, something to that effect, something that doesn't traverse space. And then you have the XL pilot. So the XL pilot would be something like a huge freighter or like a capital ship. Then you have fighter pilot, which would be, well, you know, fighter pilot stuff. So what does it mean? Um, I noticed next to piloting, it says required. Does that mean everybody starts with that as a required skill? Or does that mean that you are required to get that skill before branching out into the other ones? Yeah, so anything that's marked as required, it's very obvious, big red text. Um, you have to fill that out. And that has to be the highest skill matched to any other skill in that tree. And it's just kind of, you know, you'd have to learn how to fly a regular ship before you can fly a capital ship or fly a fighter pilot or a fighter ship with um, any sort of finesse. Well, how do you get more skills? Is there a way to level up? Is there a way to improve your character and keep unlocking skills? Or do you choose them all at character creation? So you, you do choose them at character creation, but you also level up. It's leveling up's a little bit different. It's linked exactly to the amount of money that you earn. At least that's the way I wrote it. You can do whatever you want at your own table, but that's a balancing mechanic. So depending on how much money you earn, you will level up and you can use these skills to just keep going up. You don't have to pay. You just pay the difference between the one you have now and the skill above it. You don't have to pay the full amount every time. It's really cool because a lot of these skills are... I mean, they're awesome. Once again, I'm, I implore the listeners to please like go to abidesteria.com and pull this up in front of you, even while you're listening to the episode, because we couldn't take the time to read through every one of these. But there's so many amazing skills like element magic allows for elements to be controlled or created examples, air, fire, water, earth. And that's it. That is open ended. That sounds like I could have so much fun with just those two sentences or uh, telekinetic allows magic to push or pull objects or people can also create barriers or do flat damage. That sounds like amazing, but it also sounds like it's possible uh, that it could be used for evil and to destroy and break the game and ruin the entire fun for the whole table. Um, I You've never done that. Not you? me. No, of course not. There's a note that says um, <laughs> that the guide needs to keep this in mind and that there actually is a mechanic in place to kind of help keep the spellcasters from breaking the game. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, it's a sci-fi game, so you are in space. You're surrounded by technology and ships and maybe on a space station. Uh, so a lot of times, not always, a spellcaster is going to find themselves in a situation where when they cast magic, it's going to cause a technology disruption. And that disruption will take place within... A uh, certain radius of them, which is how much they play. It's all written out pretty pretty self-explanatory, one meter per point. And as that expands, you might break an electronic door. You might break the gravity. You might break who knows what, right? You might turn off the entire ship that you're on. And the party's going to be pretty upset with you, but they also might be pretty happy that you just flatlined the other guy that was threatening you. So it can cause some weird social things, um, but it also can help keep things in check instead of just destroying everything with huge magic plays, because I, it's possible. It's easy to do. 
Beyond these skills, though, there's exploits. How are exploits different from skills? And what kind of things can you do with exploits, Neil? So exploits were pretty much my answer to feats. Um, I think everybody's familiar with feats, but they're more powerful. The ends of your legs. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make it, you know how like when you're playing a character like let's say Pathfinder or something and the only thing that you want to do is like, well, I got to take toughness first, otherwise I'm not going to have any HP. I tried to make it so that every f- exploit has something to bring to the table and it's it's kind of divided into different sections. There's one that'll let you control the guide. Um, there's a feat that'll let you, or sorry, an exploit. It'll let you, um, pay money to make the guide redo a random event or redo damage or redo anything. And you can play that up to three times, just paying money right out of your pocket. But game money, not like, like I usually just Venmo, (laughs) I usually Venmo Adam and he just changes the role for me. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, we, uh, we are not immune to bribery as, uh, uh. No fallible human beings. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just looking at that now, the uh, the gambler. No, sorry. But yeah, so you can... <laughs> we just can't help let a joke go by. But um, so you're saying you can pay in-game currency to actually affect like the guide themselves, the, the GM, essentially? Yeah, yeah. It's a way to kind of give a little bit of power to the players. Um, if, you know, let's say you're tracking someone and you've been tracking him for like three sessions and you're like, is he in this room? And the guide pulls his random card and he's like, no, but there's seven guys in here. It's like, you know what? I'm going to play gambler. I'm done with this. Like, okay. And you pull another one. Is it he there now? Nope. He's still not there. All right. I'll play it again. Is he there now? Yeah, he's there. You could just keep, you know, you can play that up to three times a day. I mean, it costs money, but if you're playing a character that has a lot of money or gets a lot of money, it's not a problem. And it's a way to maybe help alleviate some of the stress that the other players are having. Yeah, these are cool. It like gamifies it a little bit. Like it seems like skills are more in character and then exploits seem like meta almost. Like you are yeah, you sure. are changing the way the mechanics of the game work to the exploit player, player actions as opposed to character yeah, actions. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like the I like how you have a little bit of both. It's pretty cool. And then I guess the only thing after that is you pick equipment. Um with equipment, is it pretty basic or can you like make a drastic difference in the way your character operates based on equipment? And then, you know, how strict do you have to be with money and buying things? It seems like uh money and currency is a big part of this game. So, do you spend money to get more equipment or is this just kind of stuff you have based on your character? You're going to spend money um to get equipment. Every character starts with a certain amount of money and they can only get a certain amount of money before the end of the game. So every character will receive a payout. So let's say the payout's one million. You mm-hmm. every character will get the payout and then times that or multiply it by their class multiplier and their payout multiplier. So like a null's payout multiplier is 0.25. So they're only going to get 25% of the money. Whereas a captain's multiplier is three. So they're going to get triple the money of everybody else. And it's kind of a way to just help get the game it's i mean like dragons it's a way to help balance everything so that way you know if i'm a big dragon that can change into small races like where's the downside you don't have any money you get twenty five thousand every level and to give you a really basic example the cheapest armor is 15 grand Mm. wow 
I can see, yeah, I can, as you say, I can see that working quite nicely as a limiting factor. And I think within, with it, I'm obviously, this is just from the top of my head, within universe, you could probably justify that for saying that dragons have uh, opulent lifestyles that they need to maintain and X amount of any profit they get from any mission goes towards maintaining ridiculously opulent quarters or, you know, but uh, gold teaspoons for afternoon tea, which is space caviar sandwiches or whatever, you know, <laughs> just the finest things in life. Um, and that's why the, that's, you know, that's why it's limited. They've already got X amount of spending money left over after maintaining such a ridiculous lifestyle or whatever. As I say, that's just my justification for it. I was um, thinking on think, the polar you know, opposite. So I was, <laughs> it's funny that you came up with that. I was thinking like, they're a dragon. They're like, I'm some, I'm a dragon knight. I can transfer. Like I'm above currency. I'm above playing by this world's rules. I'm just this. Guess it depends on the dragon, yeah, right? I don't know. That's that's interesting how we can both look at that and literally have opposite opinions on it. So I, I think we covered most of the stuff in terms of creating character. Like it really is that easy. Obviously, like any tabletop mm-hmm. game, you have to go through and you know pick your skills and pick your exploits and read a little bit and see what you like and what you don't like. But compared to most, you know, big table tabletop games, this seems pretty simple in terms of character creation. It doesn't really seem like you're going to confuse anybody. Um, it's very well laid out, especially with the website that you've offered once again for free. Um, but one thing I would like to at least um, introduce to our listeners a little bit before, and I didn't want to spoil this, but we're actually going to give you a little a little taste of some actual play here in the second part of the episode. Yeah. But before we get to that, how does the game work? Like, let's say we're in combat. How do we play this game? We don't have dice. So how do we figure out what works and what doesn't? I'm going to assume that everybody has their own deck of cards. If you don't, you can use a single deck and kind of share it or combine a couple of decks. And that's all laid out in the rules. But you draw a hand, and that's dependent on your level. At level 1, your hand size is 4. Level 3, your hand size is 5, and it goes up as you level up. Mm -hmm. And in your hand, let's say you want to punch somebody. You're going to play unarmed. So being able to play unarmed... You can play any card out of your hand, and when you play it, you're going to play that number. And you're just immediately going to check it against their armor. If they're not wearing armor, you hit them. There's no, like, real accuracy check. It's just kind of like AC and then damage is done with the same number. So if I play a 9, and let's say it's a 9 of spades, which is the on-suit for melee, or more specifically, unarmed. If I play that 9, you're going to take 9 damage. And you're going to have to discard a 9 out of your hand. Or you're going to have to discard 2 cards equaling 9. Or you can also discard something higher, like a 10, Jack, Queen. Okay. So those are worth... the So the, the face cards are worth a little bit more. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, it just goes two, four, six, or goes all the way up to ten, and then you have jacks, which would be eleven, queens twelve, kings thirteen. The oddball is aces, which is fifteen. Okay. I also saw that sometimes they can be used as a one, which is common in a lot of different card games. Um, what would be the advantage of that? Is there is there really a scenario where that is something you might want to do? Uh <laughs> it's very rare, but. In some really strange circumstances, you can add a 1 to a play if it's under your level, or you can use it for initiative. Uh, It may not seem like much, but in a really tight situation, why take that away from a player? Um, If there is no 1 card, 
then I think that that's a pretty easy way to give them just a little bit extra when they might really need it. So we have these cards in our hands. It's like we can choose to do a certain amount of damage this turn, save a different card for another turn. Do you draw more cards every turn? Um, I saw that, and once again, getting ahead of myself like always, I saw that the cards are actually connected to your health. So how does that work between drawing cards, discarding cards, and maintaining health? Yeah, so like if you have a hand size of four and at the end of your turn, so you're going to play damage first, and then at the end of your turn, you'll refresh to your current hand size, um, which would be four. And let's say, like I did the nine damage, um, now you are, and you discarded a 10. So now you have three cards in your hand, and that's your health now. Um, now you can only play those three cards. So it's going to be kind of like a, you're going to have to use a lot of strategy, and this is one of the things that really, really brings the game out in I absolutely love about it is now I have to decide, okay, I, I need these suits. I really need these plays, but I'm going to have to give up this 10 and I don't want to give that one up. Maybe I'll give up these two lower cards, like a five and a two that are off suit. And sure. Now my health is half instead of just down by one, but next turn, I know that I can knock this guy out with a huge play. This is a risk risk reward. Um, strat going on in there well i like that strategy i like the idea mm. like you know i'm a big big fan of board games and this is a lot for a lot of people board games are like the little bridge between video games and tabletop games and i think um including like that kind of thing like that like a little bit of metagaming but like it's part of the mechanics is how the game works i think that's cool um because i don't know in my mind i imagine like a sword fight like you know in your head what are the like attacks you know and what are the strategies you can use and so you play this card this turn, knowing that it's, you know, you're not going to have that card next turn. So you're going to have to make a different choice next time. Um, I just like that. And then the idea that you can draw a new card and then implement implement new strategies based off of that. I think that's very cool. So at level one, do you just start with four cards? Is there Do you ever get the chance to have a higher, uh, to have more cards in your hands? Or is your health essentially always at four? Yeah, so at level three, you're going to go up to five cards and then you get one additional card at five and oh maybe that's not correct uh it's it's yeah five eight and fourteen sorry i had to look myself there's so much to read or remember so you'll get one additional card and you know there's other things that can manipulate your hand size as well um exploits will help you with that um some some class abilities will help you with that Are there ever scenarios um, where an NPC enemy is going to affect your hand size other than dealing damage to you? Are there like special abilities they might have? I saw that there are like normal NPCs and then boss NPCs. Do they have better abilities or do they get to use some of the skills or exploits that player characters get to use? Yeah. So like a boss, I, I try not to dive too deeply because I don't know what your guide is doing, um, but I kind of laid out some really easy rules in the guidebook of creating a boss and you're just going to draw a hand just like a player and you might give them one or two abilities um, just to kind of give it some flavor and what you'll use is that random card so if unless this is all planned out I'm assuming that you're just kind of running the table without doing any planning this is just randomly generated um, let's say mm. the card that you played was an ace of diamonds. So that's your random card. This is probably going to be a high wizard boss, right? 
So you're going to draw a hand and you're going to know that this wizard, he does elemental. And so he has that ability to use elemental. And you're just going to play it like a regular player does. Um, it goes pretty straightforward. You're just going to pull it difficulty to the uh, ability of your of your table. And you mentioned that because you chose a diamond, that meant they were going to be a wizard. I was already looking at the um, rules a little bit. How so? For our listeners, how did how would you have determined that you should have made a wizard based on what you drew? Yeah. So, like diamonds is magic, clubs is technology. So I would have used like a mech suit or some other large technical thing, like a big robot, maybe. Um, then you have spades, which I associate with like damage or some sort of like melee or maybe firearms. <clears throat> so maybe it's just like a really big guy with a minigun with a lot of armor. Um, or you also have hearts, which I associate more with diplomacy and piloting. So mm-hmm. maybe it's like some really big hotshot person that has guards or something. So maybe you're going to play against this one diplomat, but they also have five guards or four guards. Now, is that a, um, like in, like, you know, in concrete specific rule or, or is the drawing just kind of to help the guide come up with something a little bit more quickly? Like if you were creating a larger scope story, could you just decide on your own, you wanted to have a wizard as the main boss, or is it kind of imperative to the gameplay that you do it at random? No, you don't need to. Um, it doesn't have to be random. You can just uh, write everything out and run a very strict campaign if you want. Um, I try to make it as easy and open for you as you want, and it's in a way to get you random encounters without having to roll dice. Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to do the same thing that other people have done in card format. Yeah, absolutely. You've got the freedom to put um, set pieces in as much as you want, uh, but just the play-by-play for random encounters and um, for, I guess... An, an emergent narrative, you know, um, little bits in between whatever beats you want to hit, you can then, yeah, you know, got the random chance of playing certain cards to get certain outcomes. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's, uh, it makes the game a little bit more, I guess, like roguelike because you can never predict the, you know, how things are going to pan out based on uh, what cards you're going to draw. Yeah, it adds a level of randomness to it, like like a deck of cards. I mean, that's the whole point, right? You have a deck of cards because you want it to be a little random. You want to have you shuffle it. You like you, you want it to be different every time you decide to go and play this this game. Um, I kind of like that. It, it very matches, like it, it very well lines up with the feel of a card a card based game where there is a level of randomness to it. So in just a moment, we are going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. And after that, um, stick around because we are going to do an actual play, um, uh, a mini one shot so that you can get an idea of the mechanics of the game and so that we can actually get a chance to play the game ourselves. because I don't know about you, Drondu, but I've been getting super excited um, for this yeah. actual play the more that we've talked about it. Enough talk. But before we go for our break... Neil, can you tell some of our listeners um, where they can find you? And then also, you know, you have a Discord channel. So if they have any questions, they can contact you directly. Yeah, we're on Discord. You just go to the website, uh, bitesteria.com. Right there at the top, just join Discord. Uh, We're always available. I really need feedback. I want to make this great for everyone. So if you could, even if you don't have anybody to play it with, we're here to help you find tables. 
Um, right now it's pretty small, but if you come in, we'll, we'll help you find a table if you really want to play. Um, tabletop simulator is a really good way to do it, especially with COVID. But after that, I really want people to try to play this in person. This is going to be a great party game, tabletop RPG to be in person. I've played a lot of these in the past, and I can tell you that it's it almost plays like a party game, but it's also a TTRPG. It's pretty wild, especially in person. That's how we like it. And that's uh, Abidasteria. That's uh, Abidasteria.com. A-B-I-D-E-A-S-T-E-R-I-A.com. Abidasteria.com. And right after a quick break from our sponsors, we're going to get right into that actual play. Space. The final frontier. Mayday alert. We are under attack. Oh, blarney. I kind of got to watch the tube for 10 seconds. Rerouting auxiliary power to abjuration shields. Someone get on those cannons. We've got company. Are you looking for a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy space adventure? Then what you are looking for is Eclipse. Join our crew every other week as we struggle to keep the galaxy safe. With Dr. Shepard, the Illithid Cleric. Space Pirates. That was wild. Ava Elkin, the Human Monk. We play our cards right, we might not be totally screwed. Lita Nove, the ASMR Bard. We should be arriving in Amaron in about two hours. Info O. Scott, the Warforged Artificer. Alright, I'm just gonna go ahead and fire the sonic cannon here. Kanan Vargas, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Does anybody else think this is like a super aggressive move? And I'm Jeremy Fair. I will be your Dungeon Master. Eclipse can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere you like to get your podcasts. Do you suffer from chronic storytelling dysfunction? Do you find you're overrun with trite tropes and cliche character patterns? Well, you're not alone. In my old age, I was tired of boring stories, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, I feel young again. If you suffer from a lack of creative world building or one-dimensional character development, Dice Chronicles may be just what you need. My characters always felt flat and unable to perform, but with Dice Chronicles, I'm not afraid of being my true self. Before I started listening to Dice Chronicles, I felt so alone in my hunger. But now I'm a first-rate villain. Dice Chronicles gave me a purpose, but most importantly, it gave me a terrible French accent. Hi, I'm Yarn, and before Dice Chronicles, I used to be terrified of magic. But now, after just a few episodes, I've got magic pouring out of my eyeballs. I used to suffer from crippling anxiety, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, now I only suffer from anxiety from going on an adventure with my friends. Dice Chronicles is not responsible for rolling natural ones, TPKs, or the general feeling that our characters are better than yours. Ask your DM today if Dice Chronicles is right for you. Find us at podbean.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we are back. So before the break, we talked all about Abide Hysteria. Uh, we talked about some of the main mechanics of how to play the game, how to run the game from the guide standpoint, and even touched on how to make characters briefly. Um, once again, make sure you go to AbideAsteria.com where you can find all of the rules 100% free. They're constantly updating these games. They're adding more art. They're adding more mechanics. When there is some sort of question that a player has, they're answering that question, updating the game. So make sure you go on there and check that out. But now we actually get to play the game, which this is super exciting because the only time we've done an actual play on Dice Talk, I had to run the game. So to be a player seems really, really awesome. So let's go ahead and get started. 
we have both been given uh, Drundu and I have both been given some pre-generated character sheets for to you know to save some time, and I am playing Fruno, and Fruno is a Leafa wizard. Uh, what are you playing, Drundu? Uh, I'm playing Dartal, who's a, a duckling, which I believe is like a tiefling um, style. Uh, creature uh, who is a lone wolf, which is, as we discussed, the jack of all trades uh, kind of uh, uh, character with uh, some interesting, again, the interesting gambler exploit uh, that we also talked about earlier. So there's a lots, lots of potential for, <laughs> for game breaking, it seems, for, uh, between the two of us. Um, but we're going to be on our very best behavior. <laughs> it seems like there's mechanics in place to keep us both chained to our post a little bit so that we don't escape the um the the barriers of this game. But yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So Neil, I give the stage to you. Where are we? What are we doing? All right. So, you actually both just woke up and it's dark. You hear a slight hissing sound. And as that hissing sound happens, the door in front of you starts to open. You realize that you're standing inside of a pod. In this pod, it's nice and cushioned and warm, but you have everything on your person. You have your weapons and your armor. And as you start to look around, you see one another. Fruno, you see Dartal, and Dartal, you see Fruno. You know one another. You've been working together, and it's been a couple of years but um, you can't really remember a whole lot other than you do know each other. So as the doors open, red lights start to spin above you. And this area is fairly large, and there are at least a dozen pods on each wall. But these are the only two that have opened. Dartal, what are we doing here? I have suddenly developed a terrible French accent. Yeah, that is a pretty terrible accent. Uh it's only from TV, so what can you expect? I don't know. I just woke up in this pod, and it sounded like you were passing gas again. The door opened. Well, don't blame me. It's, do you hear this noise? What are these sirens? Well, some kind of alarm, presumably. I don't... What? I just, just drawing my gun and walking out into the, into the hall. Okay. I don't know why you always turn to violence so quickly as I'm... Absolutely prepared to blast anyone who's... Okay. <laughs> I have unresolved anger issues. All right, so you both step out of the pod, and as you enter the area, you start to notice that there's a door on each side. So we'll say, for the sake of this, that it's north and south. Both mm -hmm. doors are closed and locked, but one of them, you can hear someone on the other side banging on it. And this just started. Do you hear that? I think your mother is calling. <laughs> it's usually your mom who does the calling. Uh, yeah, Dato will walk over to the door and tap on it with his uh, pistol. Housekeeping! <laughs> you hear a voice from the other side, and it... He sounds old. Hey, uh... What are you doing in there? You should be... You should be napping. Why are you awake? How do you expect us to sleep with these alarms going off? We were trying. Open, open the door for me. You gotta go back in the pod. Is, is there any kind of mechanism that we can see to 
yeah. uh, operate the door. Yep. So you can either open it with the emergency release, or you can just use the electronics panel, which would be everyday tech, but this is trivial, so you can just open it. Yeah. Okay, so the door slides open, and on the other side you see an old man in a robe, and he does not look like he's messing around. So we're going to draw our hands, so everybody draw four cards. I don't know what you want, old man, but do not mess with me. I'll take your head clean off. I don't trust the elderly. <laughs> and then we're going to play initiative. So you're going to play the top card on your deck. And if you have a three or under, you can add that to your random initiative. And you will refresh before your first turn. Whoops. You have a, no, I don't want to play all four, yeah. four of those at once. If you have a, so, you, so you draw four and then draw a fifth card from the top of your deck to determine initiative. Correct. Well, you, you would normally just have your, your hand at all times, but since we just started. Okay, that makes sense. So I got a ten as my draw. Okay. A ten of diamonds, if that matters. Six of spades. Okay. Now, I notice my sign is a diamond. Does that do anything with initiative, that I drew a diamond? Nope. Okay. You're just, you're a diamond person. Uh, not not literally, just. <laughs> <laughs> and I can play, if I've got three or less, I can play that. And add uh, it, yep. Straight out of your hand, and then you'll refresh it. It's kind of a way to get rid of garbage cards and get a little sure. bit of a bonus. Right, this is six and a three, so nine. Okie dokie. All right, well, he had a three, so you guys go first. And who has the highest... That would be my good, good plant friend, right? Fruno, yes. You have a 10. So, Fruno, you get to choose whether we're going to go clockwise towards me or counterclockwise towards Dartal. I recommend counterclockwise. Yeah, I'll go <laughs> counterclockwise. And just for the listeners so I can paint a mind picture, I basically look like Groot, but I am a French wizard, apparently. Um, so whatever yeah, I, image, whatever hellscape image comes to mind. I look me. like a devilish solid snake. There you go. <laughs> All right, so this will be your first combat round. So go ahead and just declare your action. You can play any spell or any ability that you'd like. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to attack you. You can tell. And he is a wizard. How far does my elemental control go? I can't control metal as a way as a as a type of earth or something, right? No. Okay, okay. That's that would be a lot. Um, cool. I'm going to use my telekinetic ability to attempt to shove uh, I want to like force shove this this old man back. Okay. Um so that I can hopefully have time to shut the door since he looks aggressive. Sounds good. So telekinetic for your Fruno is naturally blocked. You cannot play that spell. Oh. You can play what? elemental, healing, or illusion. And so grounding. what does uh, naturally blocked mean? So why, uh, like for why is it on my list, but I can't use it? So a naturally blocked skill mm -hmm. is a way to give you more skill points when creating a character. And you can just declare... I know I never will use this. So, like, let's say you're a wizard. You don't need to know how to use technology. First of all, that fits your character. Like, you don't care. You don't want to know. I have no idea how that cell phone works. 
just let me cast spells. And this is a way to get more points into that, but you can never learn that skill, no matter how far you go in the game. Okay, I understand now. In that case, I would like to use my elemental power to instead control air to attempt to push this person back. Perfect. If possible. Yep, and being open as it is. So now you're going to play out of your hand. If it's on-suit diamonds, you can play additional diamonds out of your hand. If it's on-suit spades because you're elite in that skill, you can play additional spades out of your hand. Or because you're skilled or higher, you can also play from the top of your deck after you've played one card. Okay. If you don't have any of those, you can just play a card and take the value of it. All right. I'm going to play... So a queen uh, comes out to 12 points. 12 points, yep. But it's a spade, so you will be able to... Um, you can play a diamond from your hand or an additional spade to add it to that play. Or you can flip the top card of the deck. All right, then I will play, in addition to that queen, I will play six of diamonds. Keep going. So I will go ahead and flip the top, well, not the whole deck. (laughs) (laughs) I will go ahead and draw and play the top card, which is a seven. Perfect. Okay, so that's where it will end because it's off suit. It's a club. Okay. So you've got a queen, which is 12, plus the six of diamonds, which is on suit. So that goes up to 18 plus a seven. So you're at 25. Does that math sound right to you? Yep. Okay. So you've done 25 and you're just pushing him. You're not trying to hurt him. Yeah. I'm trying to push him back so that my uh, ally here can shut the door. Yep. So you push him for 25, which in Abide Asteria, I like easy stuff. So he's going to fly back 25 meters. Ah, Stump. I warned you, old man, next time it will be a kill. Oh, is it, My accent just, is getting worse. We're just wanting him. <laughs> so I was going to shoot him in the face. Yeah, so now he's 25 meters away down the hall, and it, it's a pretty long haul to go 25 meters. Um, <laughs> but you can refresh your hand because it's the end of your turn, so you haven't taken any damage. You go back up to four cards. All right. Shut the door! Shut the door! This old man means business. All right. This uh, This is a trivial action, but because it's time-based, if you're going to shut the door, you will need to play everyday tech. Okay. Uh, Which is a club, and I am not skilled in, so if we look up here, I am unskilled, so I will play a card and use the total value of the card. If it's on suit, I may play an additional card from my hand valued at or under the level that is on suit. Okay, so um, that's a club, so I've got a four of clubs. Uh, I don't have any other cards on soup, so I'd play from the top of the deck? No. Nope. Or... So what you would do is you can play any card out of your hand, but you only get okay. the value of it. Um, if, if for example, you had a two or a three of clubs, you could play that in addition to the four. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't have anything suited, then... It doesn't have to be suited. This is... No, just... A... This is one of the hard parts. It doesn't have to be on suit. You just can't get any bonuses without it being on suit. I see. Okay. Um, well, we'll do... Play that one then. So four and an eight for 12. You can play the eight or the four. Uh, I'll play the eight. So you play the eight of hearts. Why'd you keep that one? 
And with an eight of hearts, you're able to shut the door if you'd like. Yeah, please. Okay, so the door shuts. It was pretty easy. You just press the close button. It wouldn't have been a big deal, but you're kind of a little bit frazzled. So usually I wouldn't make you play for it, but because it was this wizard and he just got magicked back 25 meters, you you were able to close the door. Beautiful. So. Yep, go ahead and refresh. Take another one. What would you like to do now? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, what do you think? Check these other pods? He was pretty insistent that we should go back in ours. I don't know, but he seemed like he meant business. I think perhaps we should come up with a plan and expect him to attack us once more. Um, <laughs> let's see about turning off these alarms, I guess, and finding out what's causing them. Okay. So if you wanted to do that, um, you will need to play... Uh, I would say Everyday Tech will get you to a panel, and on this panel you'll be able to tell why the alarm is going off. Neither of you have hacking, but you can try to figure out what's going on. Maybe you have clearance to turn that alarm off or something. At least find out what's causing it. Um, yeah. Right, I will play this four of clubs. Uh, and so just the four clubs? So, yeah, so I've I've got this worth playing. Dartal walks over to the console and he's looking at it and he's looking at it and he presses a couple buttons on it. And he almost figures it out, and then he's like, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to you. There's something going on behind, like, a password screen or something that's, like, minimized, and you can't quite figure out how to open it. I don't know. Don't know how to make this thing work. Well, come on. I thought you were supposed to be the smart one with this. I only know how to make things go boom with my hands. Uh I mainly know how to shoot things with a pistol and to, like, be really disrespectful to uh, whatever captain we happen to have at any time. Yes, this uh, is true. This is true. I remember that about you. That's why I don't get so many jobs, but I guess I don't remember really what even got me on this place in the first place. Uh, well, I, well, shit, man, I don't know. What, what other options we got? Where, we, where can we go? We've can, got more of a... Some more corridors to follow or something? Check out another door. Yep, there's two doors. We can certainly try to escape through this route, but that old man seems like he's not going to give up so easily. What did you do to piss him off, huh? If I knew that, I would uh, probably do it some more. But, uh, yeah, I don't have a clue. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, pal. Uh, all right. That's okay. So what's this guy doing? It's his turn, right? Uh, he's still running back. He he moves 10 per turn. Okay. So... <laughs> it's, so does it go back to my turn, then? Yeah, it, it'll be a while before he gets to you. 
I say we try to go out this other door and perhaps he will think we simply disappeared. <laughs> the old the old switcheroo. All right, yeah, okay, let's do it. But uh maybe I should handle this, yeah? You've already failed at the other one pretty well. <laughs> yeah, my my hands are full of uh shame. That's for sure. And I'm going to go. I don't know how my accent turned to that. But I'm going to go over to the door. And um, I'm going to, despite being a wizard and not really liking technology that much, um, attempt to open this door. Do I see like a, like I can just grab a handle and open it? Or does it seem like the kind of thing where I need some sort of technological prowess? So you're not going to need technological prowess. The only reason I made um, Dartal play that was he was, it was just kind of a frazzled moment. So, since right. this is a lot more calm right now, you can take the extra five seconds and figure out how to open the door. So, even though right. I think you're naturally blocked in it, but, I mean, you're not completely stupid. You've seen people press the open button on a screen before. Yeah. So I can't hack a door, but I can out. open a door. <laughs> yep, the door opens, and this one is not a hallway. It appears to be um, catwalks both up and down, and you see a couple of people... And they're dressed in all white, and they're looking over at the door that just opened. And you can tell that this is some sort of, like, engine room or maybe engineering, because there's multiple levels and different people working at different consoles. It seems I found a catwalk. It might be made specifically for you. You used to uh, work the nights, yes? Uh, Once upon a time, I have uh, walked with cats. Uh, many times. So uh, I guess uh, let's bound forth into the uh, engine room or whatever this is. Yeah, perhaps you Get should go answers. first and I will stay back just in case Old Man Rivers decides to follow us, yes? All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going, I'm going. Okay, so you go in and the very first guy that is closest to you, he looks over and he's like, why are you out of the pod? You you need to get back in there right now. I have a question for you, Neil. Yes. Um. Does this game have a mechanic in mind for, and I'm sure you love these kinds of questions, um, for uh, holding an action? Like, it was my turn first, but I wanted him to go uh, down the catwalk before me. Do I simply just kind of lose my turn? Like, I just opened the door and that was it? Or is there a way to say, when this happens, then I will respond in a certain way? Oh, fantastic question. I haven't written anything for that. Um, I would just leave it up to your guide uh, opening a door really isn't a very long action, and Dartal had to walk past you, so I'd say that you're probably ready. So if, like, the other door opens, I would give you the initiative to attack him first if you wanted to do that. At least that's my opinion on the matter. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. So if I was like, well, I'm going to open the door, and, you know, he goes in front of me, I could say, as my action this turn, you know, I'll be ready to attack if something goes awry. Yeah, yeah, and you you can just respond. Um, you'll probably just go after Dartal in the, if you were going to attack into engineering, or if you were going to defend the other door, then you would go first. Okay. Anyways, um, oh, it seems like this way is occupied as well. And I'm uh, kind of gesturing uh, to Dartal. I'm, I'm kind of gesturing and showing that there are like these these people dressed in white on the other side as well. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. White suit guy, yeah. Where are we? What's going on? And why is there a crazy old man trying to do stuff to us? What are you talking about? This this is the Magnificent. You 
are in violation of leaving your pod. Now, you need to get back in there, or otherwise, we're going to have security over here, and there's going to be a big mess in the engine room, and I am not cleaning that up today. It could be an even bigger mess if I have to blow your goddamn head off. What is this? Who the hell are you to boss me around? And what are you going to do about our friends? Did you want to play charisma to, like, intimidate him? Sure. You could also play deception. I am at... Two in both of those, uh, both of which are hearts. So I'm trained. Uh, okay, so yeah. I can play. You should be advanced trained. Five. Yep. Yeah. So I can play the five uh, with the. Uh, I can play an additional card uh, if it's on suit, which I have a two. So that'd be seven. Uh, Keep going. May play additional kind of suit. So I. If it's take... off suit, you still add it. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to save that one. And there's a five. So uh, okay. 12. Yeah. So you got a three card play. You had a five of hearts, a two of hearts. And both of those allow you to continue going because it's on suit. And then you had a five of diamonds, which is offsuit. So your technique ends, but you got a total play of 12. And this guy in engineering, he just, he starts to look at you and then he realizes you've got a gun and the other guy he recognizes as a wizard and he just starts running down the catwalk the other direction. (laughs) Hey, wait! I don't like the looks of this. Yep, he's trying to meet up with his other buddy that's one floor below you. Right. Uh, so I guess it will turn back round to uh, to Jeremy, right? Mm-hmm. I had another question. Yep. Do these new uh, NPCs, I don't know that they're enemies yet necessarily, have their own initiative or do they simply fall into the initiative of the previous encounter? Yeah, I I don't like juggling a whole bunch of stuff so we're just going to keep the same order until and we're not technically in combat um but since you're readied i'm going to say that we're we're keeping a round order so we're just going to keep continuing around the table um with you guys at the top okay okay then in that case as soon as they start running i'll go but what's about our friends Uh uh-huh and with that um i will use my illusion magic to make two more Leafa, or at least illusions of two more Leafa, mm-hmm. appear at the other end of the catwalk where these oh, people man. are retreating. <laughs> okay, play it. And in doing so, so I can, okay, so under illusion it says clubs and then it shows four check marks. Does that mean I can play four cards? Or so what? you have, you have elite and okay. so a, an illusion, all magic is diamonds. And because it's elite, you can also use clubs, that's the defining skill here, or um, suit, sorry, in addition to diamonds to continue your play. So you're going to make a pretty large play right about now, in at least my best guess. Okay. So, so if I play clubs, I can continue to play more cards. Is that how it works? Out of your hand. And then if you flip over a diamond... The technique continues. Okay. But I can play any card out of my hand, even if it's not a clubs. 
Yeah, but only clubs and diamonds count as technique. Okay. Then, so I can play this five of clubs. Mm-hmm. And now I uh, I can still play out of my hand, or do I need to flip over a card? Your choice. I will play an ace of spades. An ace of spades, which is offsuit because it's a spade. You di- you can use diamonds or clubs, which leaves you with a twenty. Mm-hmm. So you just pop up two of these nice big leafa that pop up on the other side of the catwalk, and the guy just stops dead because he the best he can play is a fifteen. So there's no point in pulling a card, and. He just stops and he turns kind of white and he just, he doesn't really know what to do. And he jumps off the catwalk. He just jumps right (laughs) off. Uh. He panics, he jumps, (laughs) falls a full story and thumps right onto the ground. He takes seven. It's like Skyrise Invasion. Okay, so I told you not to mess with us. You better stand down and just let us exit now before the rest of you end up like him. A mere smear on the ground. <laughs> Is that what you want? And um, if if possible, I want both of my illusions to just kind of cross their arms and silently nod as they're with <laughs> like me. bounces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the others around, they, they just kind of like are looking really unsettled and they just... They put their hands up and they're like, okay, you know, these are just engineers. They they want nothing to do with whatever the heck's going on right now. And you get the feeling that the guy that jumped off might have been the lead engineer in the area. Oh my gosh, what a leader. <laughs> well, I guess uh, it's break time, fellas. Uh, boss has broken both his legs, at least. Uh, what have we... What have we Look, I am feeling kind of confused and uh, nervous about this whole situation. Uh, what we, I'm looking for some leadership here. I normally am very averse to taking orders, but uh, I haven't got a goddamn clue what's going on, man. <laughs> Do not worry. Those are my friends, not theirs. All right, good. Uh, we stay, we staying in here trying to get some answers from these guys or are we looking elsewhere? Yeah, so um, as you're in engineering, there's there's multiple doors. You can leave in several directions, west, east, and then you can also go down a floor and exit the same direction you came in. Hey, you guys, where's the guy in charge? Which way? I think he's down there. I suggest we don't take the same route. No, I don't mean the... the who's in charge of the ship? The captain. Oh. Go so, get some answers here. <laughs> yeah, the one engineer... Wow. Uh, The one engineer looks over, and I guess I should, just real quick for the listeners, so as I'm randomly generating this, I haven't made any of this, this is all randomly generated with my tools, Um, I pulled a nine of hearts. So this is going to be a pretty well-known, famous captain, and that's just because it's a hearts, and I associate that with um, maybe a diplomat or some other um, well-known class. Mm -hmm. And so as you're... As you're talking to the engineers, they they're they're all still really frazzled, and they're like, "Uh, well, it's we, Captain Captain, uh, well, the captain's upstairs, but you you don't want to go over there. He's you don't want to mess with him. He he's the captain. Uh, that's well, that's I'm sure very helpful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the absence of anybody giving me any actual answers as to what the hell we're doing here, uh. I guess we're going to go speak to the guy in charge, right? So, uh, 
Upstairs. This isn't to make much sense. We simply woke up here and you're in our way. Don't you see what happens to people in our way? And I'm like pointing to the guy in the bottom with broken legs. (laughs) Yep. No, it's just being nice. I could have like, we could have reduced it to his constituent atoms if we'd have been so inclined. But we're good guys. (laughs) You might have that feeling that you're the good guys in this situation. Considering you woke up on an unknown ship, and <laughs> they are uh, like this is just gonna be like a budget airline, and we've just woken up early and flipped out or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the one who is talking, he's like, "Oh, the the, the captain Martel, he's you got to go this way," and he's pointing over his shoulder at the west exit. Cool. Well. well. <laughs> Perhaps we should take one of them with us as uh, insurance. Sure. Hey, you. Talkative guy. Oh. Show us the way. <laughs> go on, Mr. Chatterbox. He he doesn't look like he wants to go, but he also uh, responds if you point a weapon at him pretty, pretty oh, quickly. Oh, absolutely, I do. Pretty quickly, I yeah. Probably don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm just waving it around <laughs> as I speak. All right. Hey, so, you. Over there. Come on. The engineer, he starts to lead you to the west exit. And as you go. Ooh. So queen of spades for the randomly generated. You're going to run into a rather large and armored looking guy partway through this staircase. So you're going up, up, up. And he has. He's dual wielding pistols. And he's just got this real thick armor on him. Good thing we're wielding as hostage. Yep. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like <laughs> he's, he's going to talk. He doesn't look like he's going to talk to you. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, you still have to refresh your hand. Oh. And we're going to play a new initiative. I think the engineer is just going to cower and crap his pants. <laughs> Ace-O hearts. I've seen this before. It's a uh, defense mechanism. They think we'll let them go if he shits himself. <laughs> <laughs> it smells bad, but I'm afraid if it's staying alive, I'm going to uh, yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, my nostrils always smell of brimstone anyway. I can't tell. I told you to switch products, but you don't listen to me. It's been 30 years. You know, I you know, I cut from my own cloth. I got to do my own thing. I can tell you right now that Dartal's going to go first. Um, Jeremy, did you still want to pull one for Furno? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, an- another one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I refresh my hand. So I will. Boom! Seven of Hearts. Perfect. So, yeah, Dartal's going to go first, and this guy, as he's coming down, he starts to kind of trip a little bit on the first step, and then he, he grabs both of his pistols. But before then, Dartal... I'm going to goss pistol this guy in the face, I think. Go um, for it. Seems to be the, the right thing to do. So, um... That is a martial thing, and also I'm uh, particularly good at it. So, uh, uh... So, I am elite with pistols. So, um... The... 
en suit for this would be spades, but because I'm elite, it also can be diamonds, I believe it's the amount of tiles on here. Uh, yep. But I do have a spade, so I'm going to play jack of spades, so that's 11. Mm-hmm. And then on suit, uh, I have a seven, mm-hmm. so that's 18. And then I can play an additional card that doesn't have to be suited, but that will end the run, right? Yep. Or you can flip so, from the top of your deck. Nah, I'm going to play yeah, the king. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm going to play that king. So uh, 18 plus, was it 14? Yeah, it looks like a 31 to me. What? Whoa. Just <laughs> <laughs> having a slight... Uh, mess about with the uh, tabletop simulator there. So yeah, 31. Yeah, alright. So we're going to play damage on this guy, and it's going to be a little different. I'm going to show you how armor works. So you've played a 31, Mm -hmm. and he has heavy armor, which allows him to take two hits. First hit is a face-down card, and the second hit is also a face-down card. But he can only play one per damage incoming. So this one will subtract off of your 31, whatever it is when I flip it over. It's a three of diamonds. So he's still going to take, oh, 28, which is pretty pretty close to killing him, I think. Let's take a look at his hand. Um, yeah, he can play a 29. So he's going to discard 29 out of his hand to remain alive. So <laughs> you shoot him, and he just... He almost falls over. He is barely standing at this point as that shot goes right through his left shoulder and almost through his throat, and he is just, he's not looking good. I, I said, how you doing? It was a perfectly polite question. We could have avoided this. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, because I was top of initiative, initiative order, I get to pick the rotation. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll go clockwise, and then uh, Jeremy will be next. Yeah. If we had a larger table, the people in the middle, sure. they have a much harder choice, but when there's only a couple of us, it's yeah, it's pretty yeah, obvious. It's obvious which way I'm going to do it, yeah. yeah. But, but nevertheless. So, so if you're playing this in person, would the would the guide have knowledge of my hand as a player? No. Nope. So in a way, you are playing against them, kind of, when it comes to combat. Yeah, um, it's it's not really supposed to be a dungeon crawler. I personally, I like to bring my own characters along as the guide, and I feel like I'm kind of like ushering you guys through. Sure, but it's yeah, it it's easier for me to to make it a kind of a combative thing, especially when there's a boss. So like this is technically a boss character, even though um, Dartal decided to pretty much almost one shot him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I was, I was going to say, like, you could, the way you could frame that is that uh, well, we did an episode where we talked about DM NPCs, but um, guide NPC in this case. Um, similarly to Rogue Trader, you could just have your your guide NPC be like the captain, uh, and then, you know, you've got a built in framework for why people will be taking orders from um, that person. You, yeah. you know, you've got it built in to steer. But yeah, I like. I like that, and I especially like the fact that I nearly one-shotted that big old mech. Uh-huh. How far away is this from me? This uh, seven meters. He's pretty close. All right. Um, would it be within reason to assume that as a wizard who has a lot of elemental powers, I'd be carrying some sort of gourd of water with me that I could use and utilize? 
I would say you can find one. I mean, the guy crapped himself if you really need that. Yeah, I mean, you, you can find it. It's it's not that hard. It, it's, yeah. Okay, yeah, I would just pull my, uh, well, I don't... It's a canteen or something, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a little canteen. I guess locked in the little prison cell, they didn't want us to die, so I did have like a little cantina with some water, and I would well, have brought that I had my me. guns, so if you had like a flask yeah, or something... Yeah, there you go. Yep. And I'll open it, and very much in an avatar, the, the last airbender sort of way, I will... Um, like use my elemental powers to control this water and like launch it at this thing um as like a sort of i don't know like a like a powerful stabbing attack like the moment it hits it i want it to solidify into ice to attempt to uh break through this like mech armor and 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 uh attack whatever being is controlling this mech okay yeah go for it all right so i will use my elemental power which is spades and I will play a seven of spades and a five of spades. So how many do I get to play? As many check marks as I have? So elite is the kind of the oddball. Um, right. The elite doesn't have a max cards in play. So mm-hmm. elite is where things go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, um, you can potentially just keep drawing. Yeah, it, it can get crazy. I've seen plays over 60, which... It, <laughs> so I can play all three of these spades from my hand. Yep, you and then going. flip a card if yeah, you don't yeah. want to play the card out of your hand. Yeah, okay. keep going. So I and if it's a play. diamond, it keeps going. Spade does not, and that's the right, so nine of spades. All right, so you have... 12, 16, 25. Yep, 25. I agree with that. He is dead. His his armor was eight, and he has a three in his hand. So he he's hey that, hey, that was that was my kill. That was my kill. Uh, obviously so not. Straight. I was more uh, fluid on the kill. You were too slow. That was an assist. You got an assist. That is bullshit. And that assist, is fucking bullshit. And it's just kill. <laughs> this is not. There's going to be an asterisk next to that. I on your permanent record done for the damage. rest of your days. You I know just, that was my kill. You yeah. know. I think this is why we spend so much time apart. It's like once a decade. <laughs> so as you're as you're bickering time. on Fucking the stairs music. about who got the kill, the <laughs> you can hear coming up the stairs just this rasping, <laughs> and it's the old man. <laughs> you have finally found your way around the sides, I suppose. Um, if this is your boss, look what happened to him. And I'm pointing at the the slaughtered uh, person inside the mech suit. Yeah, he's a wizard. He just doesn't care. He's 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 coming. So it's actually your guys' turn again because he's right. still coming up the stairs, and you can hear him coming. It's no surprise to you, and <laughs> that this old guy, he's, yeah, they gotta put you back in the pods, you little shits. <laughs> well, he doesn't believe in technology, um, so he—that's not that doesn't phase him. Um, so does this uh, go to Drandu's turn then? Yep. Yeah, I'm just having a look now. Uh, what I can do? Um, hmm. <laughs> I guess I could just shoot him. Um. No, I'm gonna try and do something 
else, I guess. Uh, so I'd be advanced trained. Um, hmm. I don't have anything suited for this, but I'm going to try and talk him down. Like, hey, buddy, look, we just murdered a big robot guy. He's like, you're just an old man. We, you, there's no need for this. Just calm down. Go back to bed. <laughs> um, I don't have anything suited, so uh, Queen of Diamonds. <laughs> okay. So that's a pretty good play. Um, well, that would be diplomacy. Of course, you could twist it to a lie and make it deception. Um, we'll just call it 12 because it's not on suit anyways. So what is this guy going to play in return? Well, one of these days I would like to play the wizard, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this king as a response. And the old guy I I don't trust him I don't trust I hey don't trust all that uh, technology his magic is pure and I will show you why. <laughs> he seems Uh-oh. to be puffing himself up. Oh no, Master Roshi. <laughs> He's got some of them uh, frog fireball jutsus or something. What's uh, <laughs> what is this? Um, so yeah, I guess that'll be uh, my turn. Uh, we pass back to Jeremy. Um, where can I find the one word magic? It's in word. class, okay. and it's your class ability. I'm trying to to make sure I understand how this works. How does that work? That's a little bit of a complicated one. So, one word magic. It's pretty sad that I have to go look at it. But memorizing everything is impossible. Um, You are going to... I'll just use the wizard as an example. Because he already did this on his way up. Spoilers. He played um, telekinesis to make himself a shield. So he has like a, a magical shield around him. And that's his armor. And so out of his hand, he plays this 9 and this 10. So he played the 9 just like a regular spell. And then he played this 10 on top for a total of 19. And that's his bubble. Now, rather than focusing on just this and not being able to channel anything else, you kind of shove it to the back of your mind. And it stays in effect, but it decreases your hand size. So that bubble continues to be in effect, and he can cast additional spells, but his hand size is now two. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I was focusing too much on the one word. If I'm just like, die. <laughs> he dies. Um, it's more like, what are you going to do about this? One word magic it's it's more of a response like how are we going to fix this problem magic cool so he's got the shield around him Mm -hmm. well spoilers right is this something i can see as a wizard do i like notice this this you know that he's got some sort of you know he's holding something you don't know what it is you know he's holding something okay so if i use my uh, magical charge ability does that like power up and then next turn I deal a more effective attack or something magic charge is for magical equipment that's naturally okay. blocked for you so like let's say you have this orb of light 
and it stays on for 12 hours. You just, you'd magically charge it, boop, and it's on. Um, there's going to be way more inclusive things that are super awesome, like ship equipment. Like you'll be able to charge engines and charge guns and that sort of stuff. But for now, it's just blocked for you. Don't worry about that thing. Okay. I would like to use my illusion magic to Ooh. make it appear that I am growing three times my size. You have no idea what you are messing with. I am Sorcerer Supreme. And I will uh, try to make an illusion to make myself appear uh, much bigger. Yeah, he's, you want to be careful. He's like some kind of strange doctor. <laughs> okay, play it. All right, so... This is always the part where I get confused. What determines the number of cards I can play? So you're elite in illusions. So there is no limit. Okay, okay. So I can just keep playing cards. And then... When so it, I can play like an ace of hearts. Hearts is not on suit. It has to be a club or a diamond. Okay. To continue. If it's that, off suit, it ends. That makes sense. Six of clubs. Yep. Two of clubs. Yep. Eight of diamonds. Yep. End with the ace. Perfect. Yep, that's exactly right. So I have how a six of clubs, two of clubs, eight of diamonds, ace of hearts. That ends my uh, play. 31. So that 31. Noticing a trend. You guys are really good at playing 31. <laughs> yeah, so you appear so large that you're having to, your illusion is hunkering in this stairwell. And it's just this mass. He's probably going to have trouble hitting you if he decides to continue, just because you're so small inside of this thing. Yeah, I just appear giant. Mm -hmm. um, my goal is to uh, sort of, you know, fool him into thinking this is really me, rather than him thinking I'm just inside this like illusion. That's my goal. Seems reasonable. Um, that's it. Are you going to keep this out as one word magic or I would imagine so? Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, you've played all the cards in your hand. Right. In this instance, you will stay handless for now. Okay. But when you go to call another action, you just play the top card off your deck. Yeah. It's like the, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. I just like turn into this mass of branches and and limbs and my my wooden uh, tree-like body just starts sprouting more and more limbs and more branches and more leaves and i just like it, it just appears like i am literally growing uh to this massive size right in front of this wizard's face sounds right and he does not like that very much but uh he's gonna have to do something which he doesn't have a whole lot he can do. So he's going to play <laughs> um, Dartle. Give me Assassin Armor. So this is actually an equipment. Okay. Uh, let me just look that up. Because you're going to get hit. He, th yeah, he thinks no that you're the weak one, so he can just get you out of the way and then have a, a huge wizard battle. He thinks it's going to be awesome. He's what going to mean, have think he is the glorious magic battle. So, Assassin Armor. Um, yep. Uh, I can just tell you if you'd like. At the start of combat, play one 
card from your hand face down. You may not refresh to your full hand size, but play this card as stealth with technique to avoid damage. Okay. So it's better to pick a... On suit would be best. Okay. Which if you have one. For, which for stealth is hearts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if not, I would just play the highest thing you got. Yeah, I do not. So I'm going to play a jack of clubs. Okay, goes face down. Because I'm not supposed to see it. But that's okay. Okay, well, never mind. You, <laughs> For the purposes of explaining to the audience what's going on, that was a jack of clubs. Anyway. Right. Well, he's... <laughs> so, you, the, cat's out the, the way that stealth armor works, and this is one of the proactive armors, is you play a little bit extra, right, to be able to not take damage. And so, like, there's other armors and different ways of doing things, but um, proactive gives you a little control over your armor. And in this instance, you played a jack of clubs, whereas, bef like, normal armor, you just draw the top card of the deck and you get that and that's sure. it. But mm -hmm. if it was on suit, you'd get to play your technique with it and have even more ability to dodge or block. In this right. instance, the way I visualize it is you basically just turn on, like, the Metal Gear Solid camo, like the, mm -hmm. the kind of like invisibility and sure, you kind of like get out of the way or he, he thinks that he sees you, but it's not actually you. So he's actually going to play a Jack of clubs to your Jack of clubs. So you'll flip that over. Yeah. And they pretty much just negate each other. So did he technically break it? I guess. Well, if we're saying I'm, I'm happy to say if it meets, it beats. Yeah. And also it'll show off more of the mechanics of how the game works so yeah let's let's just say it does hit me so we'll say it it hits you and then you don't actually take damage it's a zero so you'll refresh to your full hand size but okay. your armor yeah. is broken okay that makes sense to me yeah i get that and then dartle you're up I think let's have a look. What can I do? Um hmm. Okay, well I'm just gonna try and shoot him in the face again. Um It's a good trick. Yeah, I mean it, it's proven. Uh so there's nine of spades because I uh, it is a combat action spades to me represent swords, so that's that association, so but I can also play, because I'm elite with it, I can also play diamonds with my pistol. So, uh, so that's a nine of spades plus a four of diamonds plus a two of diamonds. I don't have anything suited, but I can elect to pick from the top of the deck, right? Or does it have to be from my hand? Diamond, you can go from the top of your deck. It only continues okay. if it's a um, spade. Sorry. Okay. Okay, I see. So... Uh, and it is. Oh, you're gonna kill the wizard. Hmm. What did I do there? Pick that. Pick some extra cards up from somewhere. I'll just reshuffle those. Hmm. Nope. Not in my hand. Table. No, tabletop. Janky, yeah. Janky TTS. Yes. Stop it. Yes. There we go. Okay. Okay. So you uh, keep going. It's a spade. Yeah. Uh, see what that one is. Oh, it's a diamond. So that's a seven. Uh, does that that counts towards the running if it's elite, right? Or if it would only if it was a spade, it would have it it, it oh, does okay. end on the seven. Okay. So you've got 
15 plus 722. Mm -hmm. uh, that kills his shield. Mm. And he takes... Three. So he'll have to discard that. He's got... So he only took one card worth of damage. So after his one word mm -hmm. magic, he's actually up to three. But he lost his shield entirely. God damn wizards. All right. Ferno, you are the biggest thing that has ever been on the ship. So, uh, allegedly. <laughs> right. And... <clears throat> I'm just, you know, this the giant uh, illusionary version of me is going to just be stomping towards this uh, wizard whose uh, illusionary shields just fell. And once again, I'm going to kind of have that same, like, water that was in that, that gourd I had just kind of floating around me. And I'm going to uh, shape it into some sort of uh, mass of water that I'm going to shoot at him, not unlike a Kamehameha wave. And at the last second, <laughs> attempt to turn it into ice by using my elemental magic. Cool. You got to play that one off your deck, though, because you're still holding the illusion. Right. So, so I just draw one, one card and hope that it's what you need. And it was a king of spades. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good draw. Yeah. Uh, he's he's not happy with that. You hit him pretty hard. You hit him pretty hard that hurts he's very upset because he just lost the king of diamonds and he's a magic I'm, user so I'm gonna say that was I am sick of going easy on you don't make me crush you here while I stand I only respect you for your magic prowess why don't you retreat while you still have time but um, as a giant you know like as a giant leaf I'm like why don't you escape while you still have time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the whole like ship rumbles a little bit just because of how big this illusion is. I mean, you have a massive play for it, so it's a it's a pretty good. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, the wizard, this old man, and he is just he is the unhappiest, grumpiest old man you ever met, and we just need to get moving again. So uh, he's gonna. Get you all with glorious magic battle. And he plays a Jack of Diamonds. And who should he attack with it? Yeah, he's he's still trying to go for Dardal. Give me a 16. Because I got a five of clubs with him. Okay. Uh, yep, so since your armor's broken, you're going to discard up to 16 or higher. 16 exactly perfect yeah and this is kind of where the strategy comes in because you don't want to lose cards that are on suit that benefit you and i think you did okay i don't know what's in your hand but it seems like that wasn't too bad no it's okay all right it's actually your turn all right um oh yeah oh he's so dead well then Yeah, well, uh, it's going to have to be pistols uh, at dawn, I guess. Um, and 
I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, also known as a King of Diamonds. Uh, which again is my elite skill, so uh, let's see, 13. Yep, keep playing. Uh, I don't have anything now, from the top of here. Uh, 16. Yeah, you, you shoot the, the wizard and the old man, he just crumples backwards and falls down the stairs. Just thump, thump, that, thump, thump. Now that thump. one was mine. That was all mine. I don't care how big you are. That was mine. Let the record show I killed that wizard. I mean, you had to kill one eventually, right? Yeah, so you, I might go for the f- goddamn twofer. Your hand size is now two, so you'll you'll still refresh up to two. And then this is a good time to point out you have healing. I think you both have the ability to heal. Um, you have medical pens, Dartal, or we have the wizard with the healing spell. That is advanced trained. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm just going to probably be shooting myself full of uh, hypo sprays or whatever to mm-hmm. uh, do as much as possible. So how does that work? So med pens are that you just gain one card. Um, if you're okay. in combat, you have to play a 10 or higher. But you're not right. in combat. So, so it I just happens. I could just chug two of them or whatever and get my full yep, hand back. Yeah, you just stab them into your arms. Kind of like an EpiPen. Cool. And then little nanites come all the way through your little body and make you all happy. Yay. Yeah, you know what? This is the first time I've actually felt happiness in uh, a long time. <laughs> all right. Do you guys want to continue up the stairs? I guess we're going to try and meet the captain, right? Yeah. That was what we were doing in the first place. And uh, then we killed the mech guy and the crazy wizard. And uh... Are you going to run your illusion for now? You know, I don't have any cards in my hand, so I think maybe I'll let it drop. Okay. Yeah, that's a free yeah, action. I'll give up on the illusion. It was... I mean, it, he did not even try. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, figured I, had to do, I figured I had to do what I can to let you kill yeah, a yeah, wizard yeah, yeah, finally, yeah. you know? Make you, uh, make you feel like you're as good as me. All right, go ahead and pull your your hand size uh, up to four. And then as you guys go all the way up, you find it. You find the one that says to the bridge. And you didn't need the engineer, but you could have dragged him along if you wanted to keep him with you. Yeah, this guy just like run off or something. He was just on the floor just shaking and just... "Ah!" He has has no combat skills. Like his, His best card he could play is probably a 10, and that would be on an ace. So he's... He doesn't want anything to do with it. So is the best possible play a 73? Like, if you got as lucky as possible, you draw all four aces and then a king? No. Is it like, as good as it gets? No, you could go higher. You can only run on suit, right? Yeah. So if you were playing elite. You'd either have to be on suit, or if you were elite, then yeah. you're you could have, alternate. Uh, I don't know what the theoretical number is, but I, I imagine it could be over 100. Um, that would be oh. insanely lucky. And again, It'd you're be like a straight and royal flush combined, and then plus any additional the yeah. cards offsuit that you get from elite. Yeah, it, I mean, um. you're this. This is also not very reasonable. Like these characters are totally outlandish, and they only do one thing well, and that's combat. Obviously, Dartal's like I shoot him because sure. that's what you can really do. 
Um, I tried to give you a little bit of flavor. You know, you have deception and some other stuff to play in your class abilities and exploits. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the thing is, is the is I think similarly to how we felt with Burnbright, where it was sort of encouraging you to use things that were perhaps not in your wheelhouse. It's like as long as you've got a decent card of that suit, yep. it, it's not necessarily a you know a barrier to you doing something. It's like I'm not trained like. like as before, I'm not trained in any engineering or anything like that, but um, I'd still potentially have a chance of success at anything just because I've got a good hand. Yeah. Uh, or I can use the exploits yep. um, to, to manipulate uh, the hand, my hand in my favor and so on. So um, there's no need for the game to come grind into a halt because of any character's lack of skill in any given field. Uh, you can still draw well and, and succeed. Yeah. Cool. There is kind of a limit, like, you know, you're not going to be able to hack a mm -hmm. terminal if you don't know anything about hacking. It's like, I want to hack this bank account and get $60 million. Like, um, well, sure. you know, you, you don't have any hacking skills, so I don't think this will be possible for you. But you can play it, and then if you come over here and you're like, well, I play my Lone Wolf class ability and I get a 37, it's like, well... Shit. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. You you hacked. You just got lucky. Yeah. The pass. The admin password right. was one two three four, yep. and that was you know. That's that's all capable um, guiding, I guess, in this uh, in this game. Uh, but I think yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. There are ways that you can resolve that. Like freak events do happen in real life. Um, yeah. Sweet. You guys want to do one more combat, or do you want to call it? Well, so we got to get to that captain, right? Yep, the captain, yeah. and this is it. All right. I say yeah, we get to the top of the stairs and show them they messed with the wrong pair, yes? Absolutely. You don't mess with both these terrible accents. <laughs> well, I don't know how terrible my accent is. Uh, probably pretty bad. I mean, probably it's uh, only slightly better than mine. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. All right, so you get to the door to the bridge and you open it, and these guys are just waiting for you, including the captain. And they're all standing there, and Captain Martell, you recognize him. You know that he is not just the captain of this ship, but also one of the high leaders in an inner world called Atarl. And he is just livid because... Why did you leave the pods? You needed to stay in there before we got you to where you were going. We don't know why we were in the pods. That's not for you to know. Maybe if what? you didn't wipe our memories, we wouldn't be fighting back with so much resistance. <laughs> ah, vive la resistance. <laughs> you outer worlders are all the same. Kill them, boys. And then there are six... That's goddamn racist. Yeah. <laughs> there are six crew members all pointed at you. So these are just basic minions, um, which I, I pulled a random card just like I've been talking about. Um, so these mm -hmm. are six random minions. Uh, just kind of metagaming real quick. They all have 15 hit points. It behooves you to attack the same ones or one that isn't hurt. So like if you're going to play, let's say I play an eight and then you play you got like um, a seven or you've got something like that, you can kill the one that's hurt. Or if you're going to play like a 20, you'll want to kill one that's not hurt. 
So I don't really use like a bunch of sheets or anything. I just kind of leave these cards out on the table right here. And you just um, deal your damage onto those cards. And when we reach 15, they're dead. And they'll also attack you with these said cards. So when I flip them over, it'll be one, two, three, four, five, six. And you get you get new armor. Um, okay. Know, yeah. Cool. So we're uh, playing for initiative first, yep. right? Okay. The eight of spades. All right. So this one's a queen of hearts. Okay. And they have a six of diamonds. So we're going to start with Ferno, the wizard. So, um, how, what's the, is there like one of these grunts that's just pretty close to me? They're all right in front of the captain in a line and they're just pointing rifles at you. They're going to shoot at you. And it's just like any other bridge. There's a lot of consoles. There's a lot of other people that aren't armed and they're doing their jobs like nothing's going on in the world right now. Because if they stop whatever they're doing, they're probably going to be punished. All right. I'm going to I imagine I have something that like creates a spark like it's like a Zippo lighter with no fuel. And I just like pull this thing out. That's just like a a flint and steel and it creates a spark long enough for me to manipulate it uh, to launch some sort of fire attack. And I would like to create a small spark and then try to manipulate it until I fire blast at the nearest of the grunts. Um, So once again, I'll be using my elemental and. I mean, I don't have any spades, so I can just play any random card and play, then draw one. Yep, you can play diamonds, or you can play spades to use your technique, or play any card for the face value. Okay, actually, okay, so a jack of spade, a jack of diamonds. You guys, you gotta be putting stuff in your discard. What's going on? <laughs> Alright, so I play a jack of diamonds, yep. and then a nine of diamonds, Yep, and then a, a card from my deck. Go for it. All right. So that'll be a... Well, let's find out. That'll be a nine. So nine of clubs. 29? Okay. Sound right? So 29, yeah. So this guy right here, he just is totally engulfed in flames and he's just... ah, He burns up to a crisp. Just ashes. You gave him a funeral and killed him. All right. Who else wants to join the pyre? (laughs) And with that, I'm just like holding a Zippo lighter in my hand that they just saw turn into a flamethrower, basically. It's pretty scary. (laughs) Right, Dartle. Give us an armor card first and then give us your play. Okay. Uh, Let me just double check this. So that is the heart. Uh, We're going to have a King O' Diamonds for that. Uh, Which is on. Yeah. Uh, Oh, King of Hearts. I I heard diamonds and I wasn't looking. So it's a hearts. Is this to shoot? Yes, hearts. Yes. Uh, Oh, no, that's your armor. That was... That's my army. That's yeah. a good armor card. So, yeah, again, I shouldn't have said what it was, but for the boat, in normal play, I wouldn't have done. But because we're playing sure. for a podcast, yeah. that was a that was a, a very good armor. Uh, 
King of Hearts. That's excellent. I have a feeling you're not going to get hit. <laughs> and then, so that's just something that I, that's not my turn. No, nope. it? Just it just happens at the start of combat, but of my armor. You, you guys have been destroying. So I, you're going to get shot at this, this combat, unlike the other ones yeah. that I wasn't so sure. Sure. Um, so that stays in place because that's yep. my, that's my armor activated. Um, for my actual action, um, I'm going to play. I'm going to do some shooting with my Gauss pistol again. I'll play the Ace of Spades. Um, and I don't think I'll need to buff that too much, so I'll get rid of a suit that I don't think I'm going to need. Now you're learning. Uh, That's right. Get rid of the junk. So I've got a uh, an Aces of 15, right? Yep. That's boosted. And then, so 21 total. You, you just you shoot this ar- little armored, like... He's like a little cat dude, and he's got this helmet on, and then boop, and there's just nothing left in the head, just ears, and then he falls over. All right, so the other four, I'm going to actually do this a little bit differently, because when we we have big combat, it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal these over to you, like this. Oh, yeah, that's sensible. And then I'll just flip them all over. This one is going to be your armor first, so he played a six. You can flip that over, and you can play your tech... Oh, you need to refresh your hand, too. I'm sorry. You do oh, that yeah, first. Sorry, you yeah, go up to three, because yeah. your armor card's still out. Perfect. Yep. Oh! <laughs> uh, I, I mean... I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so uh, that's my armor card. Mm-hmm. So, it's the... Uh, King of... Pass. Uh, what's next? You can play your technique. You have automatically won. Uh, so what will happen uh-huh. with Assassin Armor is this card goes away and you pull the top card from your deck. And it's kind of right. kind of the idea of, I was ready for this first one, but now I'm a little bit off balance. I'm not quite sure how ready I am now. And for the benefit of our audience, I drew a jack of hearts, so it's only slightly worse. Yeah, that's still amazing. Um, so the other one yeah, shoots good. at you for a four. Again, you instantly dodge that. No dice. Yep. And now we go over to Furno, who's going to be attacked by two of them. It's an eight and a six. So a total of 14. And you don't have any armor. You do have... I mean, there's a few things that we can do here. There's um, Declan's Gambler. Um... And that's about all I can think of. Oh, uh, no, you can't use that to defend. Yeah, so that's about it. You're going to have to give me 14 or come up with something. But I can play that from my hand. Yeah, you're losing You're yeah. losing 14 health. Right, okay. So in that case, I'll play a... Just do it in one card. Queen. Oh, I only can do one oh, no. card. No, you can't. Sorry, that's 12. So queen of clubs. To... Okay, that's 12. I need two more. And a two of hearts. Perfect. Beautiful. Lovely. All right. So you take take two. And there's still four baddies left. And the and the captain who's just standing there with his hands behind his back. Alrighty. And then we're back to Ferno, I believe, is at the top. Oh wait, yeah, let's see if anybody right. heals. Does anybody have spades? Yes. Oh, but you're not hurt, so you don't heal. All right, so 
Inferno is going to, I guess after incinerating one of these guardsmen, is going to point directly at the captain. Say, I am coming for you. You might as well <laughs> spare the lives of all your insubordinates. And um, I'm just going to like march forward all bold, all boldly and, and basically attack what uh, whatever guard is in his way. Go for it. Um, so do I uh, refresh the two after playing those two cards or no? You ref- like do I uh, up up you know, refresh up to four? No, you took two. No, because you took damage. Right. So now you're so you're a little weakened, and that's that's sense. why you only have two cards now. All right. So then I will. You can heal. Um, you could play magic robes if you don't have anything good in your hand. You could play been dealt a bad hand, which lets you discard both and then redraw both. Um, but I'm not sure what you have. Just giving you some options. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to attack the nearest uh, the grunt that's in the way and, and attempt to incinerate him or incinerate them as well, and play a jack of spades with a. So I can still play another card, right? Because it's spades. spades. You're on. All right, a seven of diamonds, and, and then I can flip a card, right? Nice. All right, I'm getting it now that we're at the end of the battle. Uh, an ace of... Wow, ace of clubs. So 29. Yeah. Um, you... So I flip that lighter out and light it for a second, and then my palm, I just turn that tiny little flame into like a just a big burst of fire. Yeah, you absolutely obliterate the next guy, and he also turns to ashes, but you, there's not as many of them now. You... In the addition to that, since this was such a big play, you almost got this other guy. So we'll say he's weakened. We'll say he's at half. Just just so because the fireball the was so and, big. And then yeah. S- yeah, singe the one behind yep. him. And you can declare that. It is not that. too late to, to surrender. Yeah. <laughs> Captain just stares at you with his hands behind his back. He's not... He doesn't seem phased. Okay. All right, well, fuck that then. <laughs> uh... Uh, I'm gonna shoot with my gas pistol at uh, a brand new brand target new target because uh, because that's uh, how I roll. So that's uh, the queen mm-hmm. there is uh, what at twelve. Yep. Uh, I don't have anything suited, so I'm gonna play the nine of hearts. He he turned a little Brooklyn, but yeah, we're good. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just blast this other crew member, and he just falls over. That half dog had an ace. He was gonna mess somebody up. All right, so these two are still here. Um, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to shoot at you. <laughs> Ooh, he might well, got gotcha. you. Well, that's going to probably hit, right? Because I only have yep. a five. So you're going to take a ten. an ace of diamonds. Perfect. No and then you actually go back up to three because your armor broke. You only took yeah. one card of damage. Your max is four. Perfect. So pull out the and Sweet. Ferno, is this it? Should we say goodbye to Ferno? Well, it's a queen. Oofa doofy. It's a queen. It's a queen. Oops. So I, I can defend though, right? You don't have any armor. Um, We could have played a shield or something last turn, and then you could have like right. set it off into one word magic and then continued casting. Um, so no. <laughs> Whoops. 
So what happens? I just get completely incinerated. Do you have 12? Well, yeah. Okay. Hey. So you're still in it. So I play an Ace of Diamonds. Yep. That's... You're not dead. That's good. But you're probably wishing... Not looking great. Wishing that you could just go plant up somewhere, dig your roots in, have a nice relaxing vacation. Can't take this guy anyways. So the one is still almost dead, and the other one is pretty close, or is full health. So we're back to Ferno. What do you got? And remember, you can play off the top of your deck with Magic Robes or play Bendelta Bad Hand to get a different card. Well, I mean, after that, uh, not much. So... If, okay, so if I do the thing where I can discard my whole hand, since I only have one card, I just draw one Correct, card, right? Yeah. You just have to do it at the start of your turn. That's the downside to Vendelta Bad Hand. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the card I have in my hands, okay. So it's a risk to do that. So I think I'll just keep what I have. I guess. Can I, like, try to retreat and do something yep. defensive? Yep. So you can move 10 meters as just free action, and then you could also play acrobatics in addition to it if you wanted to move further than ten meters in a turn. But um, you don't you don't have to move very far. You just back out and go around the corner of the door, and that breaks line of sight. So they would have to come at you. But um, Dartal's still in there. You could just break line of sight and maybe cast a spell. Or you could okay. you could cast a spell then retreat, but you can't in the same turn move out of cover or sorry from cover out of cover into cover. So you can go, you can attack and move, or you can move and attack. All right. Yeah, you can't split you can't the attack. move. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll attack and then move. Um, so I'll attack while they're still in my line of sight and then move. Do it. How? Okay. Finish him off. So I uh, once again, I'll attempt to use... You know, I've been using this fire thing to chip away at all the minions. So now that I'm finally kind of getting down the line, I'll do it one more time. Um, play the last card in my hand, which is a ten of clubs. Okay. Are you going to attack the one that's already hurt? Yeah. Okay. So you use the fire on him, and he is just screaming. He's, he's dead. He's on the ground just writhing. It'll be moments, and he's gone. After that happens, I will retreat okay. uh, backwards to try to get out of line of sight of the Perfect. boss. And you get yeah, one that's card. Right. You get out of so here. So you, you've backed out into the hallway, just kind of setting the scene here, of from where you came, which was the stairwell. And you just kind of get out of the frame of the door. So no one can see you here, but you also cannot see them from here. Except for the 14 minions waiting for no, me. There's nobody okay. there. That's good. That's probably for right. the best, right? Right. Yeah. I don't want to be too much like Groot. I don't want to just die. So you do get one card back, and then Dartle, there's one guy left. Yeah, there is. <laughs> well, why uh, break with tradition? But what I'm going to do, because it's the last guy, is I just want to do something a little bit fancy. So I'm going to try and, like, bank my shot off the bulkhead <laughs> and then try and uh, get him that way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm still shooting at him, so I got a, a king of spades there, two of spades there, and then I'm going to play off the top of my deck, 
Ace of Clubs. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dead, right? Yeah, he's super dead. So he, he, Darnold just shoots up towards the ceiling. It bounces two, three, four times and boom, lands right into his foot. And he's just bouncing up and down. And Darnold pulls out his second gun and just shoots him in the face and he dies. Hey, you didn't know I had that one. <laughs> Keep it in my waistband. That's That one's the, the backup. So. Yeah, that's it. He was just shooting him in the foot to prove he could do it. That that wasn't the point. Like, he had to style on him, really get him good. That's right. So, so he's gone, and all that's left is the captain, who still doesn't really seem to give a crap. He's just kind of standing there. What would you like to say to him? And would you... I want to speak to your manager. Uh, we've uh, really been not having a good service here in this transportation situation. Uh, waking up in a pod and being attacked by an old man. And uh, why, what is this? Why are we even here? I had to kill, We had to kill like 10 people to get here. What is so this? So the captain's standing there with his hands behind his back. And you know that Martel is kind of a hard ass and he's just... Well, I told you to stay out of the pods, uh, to go back in the pods, but you're just not going to do it. That's how I know you're going to be right for this next mission. Ferno, get back in here. I'm going to peek around the corner. <laughs> peeks back. Suspiciously. Yeah, peeks back in. So he's he's standing there. He's like, well, this was all part of a training exercise. Where we're going next, we're going to the inner worlds. And what we're going to do... So we're going to start our own Liberators. Liberators have been pushing out into the outer worlds for too long now. And me as the captain is magnificent. And you guys at my side, we're going to go over there. And we're going to take out one of their command centers that are pushing into our sector of space. We're not going to stand for it. And as soon as you guys are ready, I'm going to release your memories to you. You'll know exactly what's going on. Okay. Uh, this was only a simulation. Oh, that's okay. But next time... It's going to be real. Well, just a heads up. In case that chief engineer isn't a simulation, he ain't going to be standing nowhere. He's got to get, you got to get a medic down there. He's got like, <laughs> so this means that you killed nobody and I am still supreme. Well, oh man. As I retreat, as I'm, as I'm, there's still time for me to kill someone, you piece of shit. Who are you going to kill? <laughs> this is not even real. It's just a game. Laser fire just ricochets off down the corridor after you. Yeah, so Captain Martella <laughs> is is the captain of your ship, which is the Magnificent, but you are from the Outer World Planets, and currently the Inner Worlds are start trying to push out, and you are one of the very few who are giving them resistance. Um, so the, the Inner Worlds is just kind of a um, legalized space, policed space by what are called the Liberators. Um, they're, it's pretty oppressive, and that's where the Abide in abide hysteria comes from. If you're in the inner worlds, you're going to abide by their rules. Um, if you're in the outer worlds, you are going to just kind of, it's a little bit more lawless. Every planet or station has its own laws and rules. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's kind of more of a wild west. And you don't like them pushing into your area and changing your way of life. Ain't nobody pushes into my area without a date. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> that was. Thank you very much for running us through that. That was um, that was super fun. 
um, and I've never played anything quite like it before. Um, yeah, it was so different than any other tabletop yeah, game I've ever yeah. played. And, uh, again, your characters are super one-dimensional, purposely so. I mean, nobody's going to come into combat at uh, you know level two, level three, and and start dropping thirty ones. Um, sure. This this was really to just be able to go through all the different types of techniques. Um, mm-hmm. I really expect people to build more of a kind of a rounded character and play it long term. Yeah. But if you're not going to play long term, just level up fast. You know, huge rewards. Um, in this instance, you guys would get something around um, 500,000 credits each, um, which would be times your class multiplier, which for a wizard, I think both of you are times one off the top of my head. Uh, double check that. And then uh, yeah. you would, that would go into you and you would actually level up. So that's just kind of an example. Awesome. Yeah, well, was, thank you so really much fun. for running this, Neil. To the listeners out there, I believe uh, there will be a another demonstration of this system um, on the Majestic Goose Network mm-hmm. at some point in time. So definitely check that out. And then, of course, go to AbideAsteria.com where you can check out all the rules. You can check out the whole game. I mean, you can literally get every single thing you need to play this game for free right there no purchase necessary and i mean you can you can you can experience this for yourself it's uh you know like Drundu said it's certainly like nothing that i've ever uh played before neil can you go ahead and tell our listeners uh any last bit of information you want to share with them about abide Asteria, or uh perhaps let them know all the different places they can find you um, and where they can find your team and where they can find, you know, more out uh, where they can find yeah, more about Yeah, so if Abide you just Asteria. go to theabideasteria.com, I'd, I'd love everybody to join the Discord. Um, even if you just want to come in, say hi, you can shoot us a, a message, you know, send that straight to the user Abide Asteria that comes right to us as the developers. Um, get a lot of help from my wife and my friends. Um, we, we've been building this for several months now, um, but the idea is probably a decade old so we don't serve ads we don't require you to create an account um the website is as fast as i can possibly make it it's super streamlined if you have any suggestions for how to make it better um like if you get lost you can't find something it's constantly updated so it's not like any other ttrpg that i'm aware of where you can come and say, hey, this isn't in the right spot, or I'd like to see another link to this here, so that way I can find it faster in the future. Yeah, I mean, if we found it the first, it was literally the first time I'd even uh, looked at the, the rules today by design, uh, not because I'm lazy. Wink. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was really easy to pick up. It's, it's I think it's more intimidating on the face of it then it really is to play is it's just like one of the like most things as soon as you actually start doing it it makes a lot more sense but certainly the way the website's uh, designed um it's easy enough to navigate and get a reference on any individual rule that you needed to do as we were doing as we played then there were very few hopefully very few instances where jeremy's gonna have to edit for dead air um we seem to seem to do it fairly smoothly. I, I feel so. Um, yeah, and again, you can't argue with the price; it's free. Um, I'd love for more people to come and check it out and give you some um, 
give you some feedback because certainly I I had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, That's excellent. So thank you. I've got um, expansions are already planned. Those are going to be coming free. Um, we're we're still just trying to hit 1.0, um, which will mm-hmm. ship combat. So super excited. Got big things coming. I hope that I can bring it to everybody for for free. That would be amazing. All right. Well, thank you, Neil. I know I had a great time uh, playing through this. I know Jorundu <laughs> certainly did because his character actually did more than mine, despite the attitude of my character. <laughs> and um, uh, it was a really great time. So for all the listeners, make sure you go to AbideAsteria.com and check it out. It, I mean, it is free. You literally have nothing to lose. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Dice Talk. I just wanted to jump in here really quick and let you all know that after this extended episode, we are going to be going on a a short break over the summer. Um, The break will be for a few weeks, and then we will get right back into Dice Talk and start releasing some brand new episodes. So make sure you keep your ear out and keep looking on the podcast feeds because Dice Talk will be back with another season. Thank you so much for tuning in and please go and check out Abide Asteria. It really is a great time. Um, I've now played it twice and Neil has been the uh, game master both times and it was a great time. So really go out there and check it out. If you have any comments or questions or if you want to just say hi to us, you can check us out by going to dicetalkpod.com. You can also go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can type in Dice Talk Show, and there you will find all of our different social medias. You will find all of the different streaming schedules we have. You can stay up to date on episodes, and you can also stay up to date on our other podcasts on the Majestic Goose Network. Thanks again, and have a great week.